The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Alex from Southeast is shadowing. Brandon Vogel joins us from his football office. He has hunkered down. Phone calls and notes and note. I'm kidding. Vogues, how we doing, man? How's how's the day treated you? <laughs> uh, it's been been an interesting one. Uh, one that comes along every every so often, where you uh, spend a lot of time tracking things down and trying to get yourself as ready as you can be, and uh, and then you play the waiting game. So it's it's been a little bit like that. I did enjoy watching Husker soccer on BTN. Fell to number six Michigan State two one, but acquitted itself pretty well. I think they've got a pretty good shot at, uh, at at making the NCAA tournament. So good job, Husker soccer. Absolutely. And credit to, to Brady Altman's doing a great job at covering Husker soccer for HaleVarsity.com. So you want your soccer fix, you follow Brady. And, and Vogues, you've mentioned it before, but it is the beautiful game uh, with, with soccer. Um, those of us who have young ones that played soccer at 8 a.m., uh, during the spring and, and fall and all times in between. Uh, it's like going to Ames. You can never, ever get warm on that sideline. Uh, keeping with the beauty eye of the beholder, of course, how uh, how beautiful Saturday going to be. <laughs> It'll be Big Ten beautiful, won't it? it? Yeah, Big Ten beautiful is a good way to put it. Garrett Nelson you know, asked about kind of, the month ahead for the Huskers called it a Big Ten November on the I-80 Preview podcast this week. I talked about that a lot. And a Big Ten November does kind of feel like its own season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for Nebraska of late. You, the Huskers, more often than not, have finished with Wisconsin-Iowa, which is, you know, a physical back-to-back, I guess would be the way to put it. But, oh, this year they also put uh, Minnesota and Michigan in front of it. And we didn't know this, you know, in the summer, but Illinois is operating at, at peak Bilama. So really it's five weeks of Big Ten November for, for Nebraska. And it's it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a physical test. Now, Brandon, whenever I look back at, at the past couple of years, and I know it's a different head man in charge right now of this football team, but I look back at the past couple of years, it always seemed like Nebraska was trending in, in the right direction of sorts once the month of November rolled around. It didn't always translate into uh, more wins, 
fewer losses, but I did feel like the, the product on the field looked like it was starting to, to develop and get to where you expected it to be before the season. Um, and this year, it almost feels opposite. It feels like this team is trending in a, the opposite direction, whether it be because of injuries or just because of the opposition on the schedule. So what is, is your take on that, the fact that maybe this team is trending in the wrong direction at the wrong time? Yeah, it's it's tough. And it's going to be tough no matter which way you're trending. But I, I would kind of agree with you. We know Nebraska's banged up. Every team's a little bit banged up to this point. And I think the difference with these Novembers to me for Nebraska has been through 2011, since they entered the league, Nebraska's only had a winning record in November three times. Two of those were under Polini right away. Uh, Mike Riley got one in his first season. And I, for me, I think November's become a lot about kind of culture and identity, like, because you know everyone's going to be dealing with with some degree of injury. And it's kind of like, do you know who you are? Do you know what you're about? And it's it's probably not fair for Nebraska to to have a clear idea of that under an interim coach. But it didn't have that identity prior to this either. So I think they're dealing with that is the way I would put it. Can you forge some sort of identity, Vogues? for Saturday. Yeah, I, I think Mickey and the rest of the staff are, are doing everything they can to do that. Um, I mean, winning football games consistently is so much about avoiding errors and producing consistent effort. And it's, it's not easy to do. It sounds simple. It sounds straightforward, but in my opinion, you know, that's, that's kind of the whole game. Uh, is is how do you get that? How do you know going into a game like, okay, we might play a little bit better than normal. We might play a little bit worse, but the baseline there is is fairly consistent. And Nebraska just hasn't had that for, for a while, I think, when we get to the point where we are ready to talk about whoever is going to lead Nebraska football into the future. That's, that's the key objective. How do you go into these Minnesota-Iowa Wisconsin games, not to mention Michigan. I mean, Michigan looks really, really good right now. Um, but how do you go into those games against what are division foes now and just be like, yeah, they're going to come out and do what they do, and we know we're going to come out and do what we do. And I don't think Nebraska's been that we kind of team in a while. They're reliant on the big play. That's okay. And the big play uh, may be ice in his elbow uh, this weekend. We'll see. We'll get more. On, on your outlook here, I want to go back to the coaching search real quick. What's your feel and take right now with the Nebraska fan base? With, uh, with Mickey, if, if he is the guy or it ends up being a different choice by Trev, does the fan base freak or does that all depend on who, uh, who Trev can go get instead of Mickey? Yeah, I, I think – so I don't think that – there's a slam dunk hire out there. And and I think that's the case in probably 98% of coaching searches. Like I, I was looking at it today going back 15 years. So to 2007, like in terms of can't miss total confidence for me, there were maybe five of those in, in 15 years and really only two that I feel great about Saban at, at Alabama in 07 in Meyer at Ohio State, not even Meyer at Florida, 
just at Ohio State. Because at the time he took that Florida job, you know, he was a he's a guy who there's a couple of them out there every year done a great job at a G5 school, um, which isn't to diminish that. It's just what I it was. Know. You don't know how it so, translates. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, I, I think I think the support for Mickey is pretty broad at this point. It was broad when he took that job, uh, took over the, the head coaching role on an interim basis to a degree that maybe surprised me a little. Um, so, so I think there would be a good deal of enthusiasm, but there are questions there, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like you're battling with Colorado for for that that choice, and and some people will probably always take that as a little bit like uh, maybe maybe you should have done more, tried harder, waited a little bit longer if if that announcement were to come before the end of the season. But I think I think there would be broad support, but we're gonna have you're, you're gonna have questions about it, and that's and I think that's pretty fair. I think there should be questions about just about any coaching hire at this point you're never going to know anything total certainty i don't think it's totally possible so you just got to kind of make peace with that brandon vogel's with us here on hail varsity radio and brandon whenever you, you look at the two popular names today i feel like one maximizes upside and one minimizes risk with with mickey joseph his recruiting prowess i think you have maybe more upside than you do with matt rule uh, just with the kind of talent that he has shown that he can bring to a place like nebraska but you have maybe a little bit more risk because uh, no head coaching experience especially at this level and you don't really know what he would put together for a staff whereas matt rule on the flip side i think minimizes risk you've seen him rebuild a couple programs in the past and despite the fact that things didn't go well with the panthers college is a different game and everywhere he's been in college he has found success so what what do you think is more important in this coaching search when you look at it through trev's eyes is it more about minimizing risk and making sure you get this thing right or is it about you know maximizing that potential and saying you know what we are chasing ohio state and we're trying to make the hire that's going to allow us to compete with the michigans and ohio states of the world i think that's a excellent and elegant way to put that and i honestly don't know which trev values more because in in a lot of ways, if, if Joseph is the pick, I view that as a as a as a riskier selection than say a Matt Campbell, a Matt Rule, a, a Lance Leipold. Because you're always going to get some of that buzz of like, oh, we went out there, we interviewed X number of people, and this was the guy. This was the guy that wowed me. Versus the guy that you you already have. And I, I, I do think while the risk might be a little bit higher just based on experience with Mickey, um, he comes with some benefits that nobody else can offer. And this isn't my campaign for him to get the job. I think it's just where things stand from my point of view. And that's uh, you have a better chance of avoiding mass turnover on the roster at the end of the year. You can start recruiting for 2023 and beyond like in full force right now and we've already seen them land two commits despite the interim tag which is kind of amazing when you stop and think about it and you know not that anybody's like writing off the end of this year and this team with these guys there are some who won't be back next year so you owe it to them to pursue your 2022 goals right away but you can also start the majority of that roster can say, oh, it's not just playing to to try to get six wins or whatever their goals are at this point. Uh, this year, there's something beyond this, unless, you know, I'm a senior or unless I'm somebody who's already decided I'm going to try something else. So 
all of those pieces make this a complicated decision um, with with rule minimizing risk is is really where I would put him like it's tough to argue with the trajectory and the win loss column with him at Temple with him at Baylor. I have some reservations, you know, minor ones. If, if he were to be hired, Trev said he doesn't care about winning the press conference, but that would win press conference on a national level. I think um, if that's, if that's the selection, I, I do wonder if you're giving up a little bit of ceiling. I just look at Baylor didn't beat any ranked teams at Baylor, which, which is fine. It was a small sample size, but you know, stuff like that sticks out. And I think coaching ultimately is getting the most out of your team each time out. Vogues, I'm going to keep you about five more minutes on the other side. It flew by too quickly, if that's all right. Otherwise, you can claim computer problems and you got to run. Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine. And, uh, of course, his podcast, I-80 Preview. Uh, We've been told that (laughs) rules in Ireland right now. I don't know if he's at the Mary Cobbler. I don't know if he's in the booth that Brandon Vogel and Aaron Sorensen sat in in the back room with us as we trudged forward the four-minute drive, i.e. pre- and post-game show of Nebraska-Northwestern. But that's a good spot to be. Well, for all we know, he could be in Ireland popping a glass of, well, I was going to say bubbly, but more likely Guinness to celebrate a new job for all we know. (laughs) But he said, no, it ain't me. He's in Ireland. I know. They all say that. (laughs) That that (laughs) shot you down. You're hurt. But it's been a a, a weirdo day today. More with Brandon Vogel. We'll dive into a little bit more Minnesota. And a really good question by Elijah there when it comes to, to risk and upside. That discussion point for the next head coach or current coach in Nebraska Tail Varsity presented by Currency. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. A few more minutes overtime with Brandon Vogel from his football office. Gary Barnett in 20 minutes. Jeremiah Searles next hour. Vogues, uh, back to the game and back to the moment. We talked a lot about Illinois and the opportunity that uh, Nebraska and Mickey had, and they were they were leading till they weren't, and uh, you had to go backup route. So that's going to be key. What do you do with getting your backups ready? And then you know what? Let's go down this road. Even to, even though <laughs> the point spreads minus sixteen, what would a win do? Uh, what would a win do? Short term here, uh, and then even big picture, if you're not just Mickey and the team, but also Trev. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it uh, that would be a p- pretty powerful piece of evidence if there's ongoing discussions about where Nebraska is going to go with its head coaching perspective. And last week would have done that too. Last week would have done that in a more conventional sense, and that hey, you know, it would have thrown the West race into a lot more disarray because Nebraska would have been right there. And this win wouldn't do that. But a number of the power rankings out there, uh, to whatever degree you you put any stock or value in that, have Minnesota ranked as the best team in the West right now, ahead of Illinois. Um, And I'm not saying that, that that means that they are, but looking at the Gophers, 
kind of statistical profile, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, they have an offense that stays on schedule and is explosive. Anytime you do those two things, you're going to be in pretty good shape. It has a defense. Illinois' defense is better. Um, but this Minnesota defense isn't that far behind. They control the clock. Um, really, P.J. Fleck, you know, came in from Western Michigan with a heavy pass offense. This team is one of the 10 most run-heavy teams in the country. Like, they have really adapted to what it takes to win in the Big Ten West. Had a three-game losing streak, not ignoring that, but this Minnesota team's pretty impressive. So if Nebraska were to win there with a backup quarterback potentially or a their typical starter who probably isn't quite at full strength, um, that would be gutting one out. That would be what I talked about in the earlier segment, maximizing what you can get out of your team. Brandon, is, is covering a 16-point spread with the, the situation around Nebraska right now, is that a win for this team? I know it's not a win on the scoreboard, but is it a win for this yeah. team considering the circumstances? I think it is. Um, and I tend to view things that way. Anytime we talk about a covering head coach <laughs> back at Nebraska or anywhere, one of the first things I look at is, is their record against the spread. And the reason I do that is not because, you know, I care because I should have bet on this team or I shouldn't have or, and what I'll learn there. Um, but I care because it normalizes it. You know, it puts everything at basically pretty close to a coin flip. So if you're consistently beating the spread, um, you're probably getting your team to play pretty well, play better than expectation. If you're consistently not being spread, uh, it, it probably means the opposite. And I will say this for Matt Rule. Uh, he has a great against the spread record. He does. It's uh, impressive. Well, not in Carolina, but in college. No, that's, that's <laughs> fair. Let's be, let's be fair to old Maddie here with uh, what he was dealing with at quarterback. I'm pretty sure if, if you go back <laughs> and if you put on the same bet and you bet against the Panthers in every single game of Matt Rule's tenure, I'm pretty sure you would have made like, a ton a of money. Maserati. I think in his first two seasons, he was something crazy like eight and what, eight and 25 against the spread or something like that, eight and 24. It was something ridiculous against the spread for, for the, the Panthers. But, hey, NFL is a different game. Bogues, what's uh, happening on the I-80 preview? I know Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity, YouTube channel. Folks can access it, download it, subscribe to it. But what is uh, the layout here? Remind folks. Yeah, so get a little bit deeper on some of the things that I've already, you know, mentioned here just talking about Minnesota. So, uh, I give my three keys to the to the game every week. Uh, I try to make them not not the same three keys you'll you'll hear everywhere else, and, and try to put a number on on some things to to lay out what I think Nebraska needs to do to to not just cover a sixteen point spread, but to get a win because that's what that's what people and fans care about. So um, it's a it's a narrow path I think for for Nebraska this week, particularly with the questions of quarterback. But there there is a way that it can happen. So listen to the IED preview if you're interested in what I think that way happens to be. Beautiful. We will talk to you uh, Saturday morning, bright and early kegs and eggs, Vogel. How's that sound? Sounds great. Thanks Brandon lot, Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity.